Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is episode 101, 101, the conjuring free, the devil made me do it. Tonight we've got with us Ewan. Hello. And Jess. Hello. Larry may be with us at some point. He's uh, walking home from London, I think, isn't he? <laughs> All the way from London. Yes. yes. Yeah. So Takes a while. Stro- strolling yeah. back. Isn't it like a similar route to, isn't it? That guy in you, that Netflix series, where where they got the geography of London all yeah. wrong, and if it were <laughs> real, it would, he would travel like nine mile, nine hours, nine hour walk every day. Yeah. Um, I've seen it, so but I've seen the memes. <laughs> so, um, what we've been up to? I haven't been up to a lot. Um, been playing Dying Light two a lot. All right, and I must have put in about ten hours this week, sadly. Um, so been getting through that. That's about it, really. Working. You guys, you in? Been uh, many screenings this week? Uh, there's been a few. Or how? What? Yeah. So there's was. I went to see Creed three. Yeah. Um, big IMAX screening, which is quite fun. Um, I didn't think much of the movie, but it's good. It's a good cinematic <laughs> experience. If you're going to go to a cinematic experience with boxing involved, IMAX is probably a good good way of seeing it um pretty entertaining um other than that it's mainly been sort of tv and stuff so maybe just watching sort of screens for um daisy jones and the six which came out on prime video on friday i think so i've been sort of binging that um that's really about it i've been mainly staying in the flat all week <laughs> sounds all right that yeah jess um i've just been moving house um, oh yes yep it's my roommate um, did she did she come with the fl- with the flat yeah she did yeah. <laughs> just wouldn't leave um, so, but yeah so yeah just moved in there's boxes everywhere it's my current background but yeah well this is we've done the three conjurings three annabelles and the nun so this is the last one isn't it for now yeah, yeah. So. we missed out Curse of La Lorna, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Um, mm. the 1981 demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren document the exorcism of an eight year old David Glexel, attended by his family, his sister Debbie, her boyfriend Arne Johnson, and father Gordon in Brickfield. <laughs> That was a big sigh, Ewan. You okay? Yeah. yeah just, Jesus. Just knowing that, you know, you witnessed this guy coming to the foreground and thought, oh, only, only five this years in jail. Here with <laughs> All right, let's get started. Residents of Brookfield were shocked this afternoon by the broad daylight murder of Bruno Sauls. 
court accepts the existence of God every time a witness swears to tell the truth. I think it's about time they accept the existence of the devil. Okay. <clears throat> it really is about time. It's about time that someone proved the existence of, believed in the devil because we've not had thousands of years of, of, of that already before scientific uh, research came in. But now, go on, Kev. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he got five years, though. Spoilers. Yeah, he got five years. So it's based on the real case. Um, Arnie Johnson, who was put up um, for... So he was put on trial for sort of stabbing his landlord, essentially. Landlord, yeah. Um, I think something a ridiculous number of times. 20, um, right. Yeah, something like twenty times. Um, and this is because um, the attacker was possessed by um, a demon. Apparently, not the devil though. Not the devil. No, just just your standard, your bog standard demon. demon. Not not as good as the devil, but you know, no. you, you have to you have to take liberties with these things. Um, uh, but this demon came from his brother the, the the guy so arnie johnson absorbed this devil um because it got into his little brother and this sort of this is sort of the opening of the film really um and similar to annabelle comes home the first 10 minutes are probably the best that this film has to offer yeah. um, it, was, it was interesting that we watched the exorcist last week because the opening of um the devil made me do it pretty much it's like a 10 minute remake of uh, the exorcist um it seems to me yeah. um so the warrens are there we got we got them back ed and lorraine warren the esteemed uh demonologists who are pretty much central to the conjuring series the conjuring franchise the conjuring universe whatever you want to call it um and they're there during this um exorcism of this young boy and eventually the exorcist turns up not as good as Max von Sindo, I, I, I have to say, but he turns out in pretty much exactly the same way, only not as good as the original Exorcist, um, where he just turns up with a briefcase and a and a hat and stands outside the door and just waits. Again, not as not as strong and very 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 derivative. Um, similarly um, to the sort of possessed child. Um, the child kind of, you know, contorts and, you know, goes about table and like laughs and stuff like that. Similar to Reagan, but as I say, not as good. Um, although I will say I was, I was kind of gripped by it in, in the sense that it, it, it seemed promising um, because they were doing all these things. And I, I was actually surprised by the cinematography. I thought it was quite decent. I quite liked the sort of, because it, I think it went for a different kind of look. Like they sort of like, I don't know, they sharpened the shadows and it made every, the shadows blacker and it seemed a bit more, um, seemed sharper to me, the sort of cinematography. And, you know, there were some decent images at the beginning as well. Like, it wasn't at the beginning where the, <coughs> where the kid got, like, goes into the shower and then it, like, you know, showers yeah. blood on him and stuff like that. I thought that was, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, his brother, the brother of this little boy who gets possessed um he pretty much pulls a father Karras and says take me take me and then the demon goes into arnie basically um and then 
it's sort of the, the demon seems to sort of settle into into him for a while before. Yeah, it's a bit of a rest. Yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, rest. rest. Yeah, um, and then eventually we get up to the point where there where Ar- Arnie is sort of at this dog home slash hotel. This... I'm not entirely sure what it was. It was I like think it was a dog home or something. But I love that scene actually with the blondie music and and. I yeah, Blondie was cool. I, I, yeah, I thought I thought it, and the way it slowed down, I thought it was really good. It was, it was, um, stru- it was yeah. It was the peak it, it, of the film. Yeah, I, I I agree, but also it was it it was slightly it's slightly um I don't know cheapened by the real events in in, in some ways <laughs> because I I actually did a bit of reading around what what happened and you know I, I suppose the basic elements are there you know that. Arnie stabbed his landlord a, a few times, but there were some other circumstances, like there were other sort of young girls in the house at the time who were sort of led away. Apparently, the girlfriend knew that something was going to go wrong, and so led them away from the house. Um, and apparently, the landlord was quite threatening and drunk and stuff like that. And um, the landlord was then dancing with or trying to dance with the girlfriend, and then yeah. that's when. Um, Arnie Pounce. Now you got a little bit of that in there, um, but you get that in the film. You get it from the perspective of Arnie as he's being possessed by this demon. Um, it's it's a weird one for me this because I don't I don't especially enjoy. It was was similar to um, the first Annabelle film where they try to make it. uh, They try to kind of legitimize. the sort of Manson family cult in a weird way. And I think, I think it's a similar case here where it's like, um, Oh, this guy murdered this other guy uh, and he's claiming demonic possession. Let's, let's take it from his point of view because that's, that's the, that's the point of view we should be sympathizing with. Um, Especially when, you know, you could, you could potentially plead insanity in that, in that case as well. Strange thing also is that I, I'm, I, I really don't like the death penalty. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a quandary for me because I was like, I don't want him to get the death penalty, but at the same time, claiming demonic possession in a court of law is, is such a ludicrous, um, idea. Um, and it, and it apparently worked. Um, and this just goes to show how, how crazy Americans are, or or how or how, or how crazy that <laughs> a particular corner of America is. Um, it, it's and then you've got other things, uh, and and it was strange because it gets it continues because then um, the guy pleads not guilty um, because of demonic possession, um, and then it's Ed and Lorraine Warren's job pretty much to kind of try and prove that it was demonic possession and this leads them on the path to i don't know how they get to a point but they, they, they get to investigating two missing kids and then they investigate that and then that eventually leads to some kind of satanic ritual so it goes into satanism again mm-hmm. interesting oh, thing with yeah. i mean it's, it's, it's the interesting thing with the, the satanism angle is that um I, I actually think these films are actually quite quietly conservative. And I mean, conservative in a, in a sort of big C way, because it's kind of like, you know, they, they take, you know, religion as, you know, um, as, as actually happening. And uh, there are various things like, you know, you know, 
being a couple, being married, being in the father, being the being parents, and all that stuff. And it's sort of quietly sort of like traditional in a weird way. And I think the Satanism angle also follows that because it's like because they don't even mention the Satanic Panic that happened like around the time which. Um, uh, which this film is set in 1981 and in the 1980s there was this like satanic panic going on where um a lot of christian groups um this was covered quite well in in stranger things 4 recently um where loads of religious groups were just like really scared that like heavy metal and dungeons and dragons were just creating um uh, a kind of satanic cult within uh, the youth or within certain groups and you've 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 kind of got this angle here but it's it's very much that you know satanists are, are awful and the rituals are awful we, and you know i, I you know I, I i make allowances in some you know because it is you know part of horror and stuff like that and you know, can make allowances but it, it's weird that they just like you know sidestep it entirely um but i but the funny thing about this film is that it's really really boring um like, like almost mind-numbingly so and it, it is quite strange because i was actually sort of with it for a while or at least for a, i don't know 20 30 minutes but then it sort of it dragged on barely anything happened or at least well when i say barely anything happened lots of things happened but nothing all that interesting so the like demons popped up yeah. investigation demons popped up every yeah. so often and then went away again um and then we followed like Arnie in prison as he's being sort of possessed. In fact, those scenes remind me of. I, I haven't. I I didn't play much of it when it came out, but it reminded me a bit of um, Evil Within. Uh, yeah, I like that guy. I've finished yeah. both of those. Yeah, but but it's, it sort of felt it sort of felt a bit like that because it felt. I mean, the prison felt more like an asylum to me, and that's yeah. kind of I don't know. It kind of has that vibe, and I wonder if they sort of were inspired partly by by Evil Within, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just it was just the majority of it like i i think the cinematography was all right as i say but just i, I was very bored by a lot of this um and but she did yeah. get a gazebo at the end she did get a gazebo and it, again following the formula of the conjuring movies is that there's always there's always like a really sickly sweet part at the at the end yeah. of it um and the gazebo is 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 key to that also another po oh, another point i want to bring up is that they they just throw in the fact that Ed Warren has a heart condition. Now I, I it was weird to me. I was thinking about this afterwards. I was thinking, oh, that that could have been a quite a nice angle that they could have constructed within the script. In that because because immediately when Ed had to go into hospital, I was just like, oh look, medical science is helping you there. <laughs> and I was just like, and then afterwards, after I watched it, I was like, they could have done something really cool there, where it's like. Ed, who's like a dedicated demonologist and he believes in God and he believes in Satan, has to rely on science in order to keep him alive. But I think, I think again, it goes into that sort of conservative religion thing, religious thing, where they just don't tackle that at all. It's just like, oh yeah, he has he has a heart problem. That's and that's mm -hmm. it. There's not there's not much relevant except except for the end where it's like, oh, I didn't I didn't take my medication. I didn't take my medication. And then she reveals in the locket, it's like, I've got one pill that I saved for you. It's like, oh, you love me. And it's like, oh God, it's just that's so real weird. love, though, you. That is it's real, real love. love. Always yeah. carry the pills with you. Yeah, around your neck in a um, romantic locket. Yeah. So this had a budget of thirty nine million. Mm. What's right in the box office? Two hundred and six million. I mm. Yeah, two hundred six pounds. 
Do we know Ron's how that smart. compares to, to the other two? Um, I think it's the worst. I think. Mm. Right. I think. It was the only one that James Wan didn't direct. See, James Wan didn't direct this one. It was directed by Michael Chavez. Is that how you say it? I think he did The Curse of Lorona. Lorona or Lorona. Lorona. Um, but he's not doing Conjuring 4. I think the guy who did Conjuring 1 and 2 is doing those. I think. James Wan. Yeah, or, yeah, I think. Might be wrong. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that they are. Um, yes, yeah, so Rotten Tomatoes. Four. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think. People, yeah, I, 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 I don't think people like this as much as the others. I think I, I reckon it will probably be in the fifties. You know. Yeah, there we go. Oh, I'm so close. <laughs> I'll take it, Jess. Right. <clears throat> I, I like the beginning of this film. Yeah. And then the, the middle part's crap, and then really gets exciting with the gazebo and things at the end <laughs> and uh isla as well which one's isla uh, she's the um leaving the totems and things and oh she, yeah she raised yeah. i don't know why she was trying to raise a demon I can't... yeah well I can't... she was she was the daughter of john nobles i should john noble stars um he played I mean, he's best known for playing Lord Denethor in Lord of the Rings. Um, and he's quite an old man now. And he's sort of, he used to be a reverend, I think, the, the, the character he plays. But the twist in this film, yeah. and it's not a particularly, um, I mean, it was surprising, but it wasn't especially, you know, I didn't really give a shit, to be honest. But it turned out that the daughter of daughter. this guy is the is the satanic presence. And I think the 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 assertion the presumption was was that she got into all this because he got he got into all the devil stuff from a good point of view for trying to sort of eradicate it um but then she got obsessed with it and got it from you know became obsessed with it in a bad way um again a similar problem with annabelle comes home is that in that we you know we introduce these characters who just don't just don't don't care about to be honest no be, i didn't really be, care about her at all um, no, or him. Um, no, it's just um, yeah. And right, we'll is... just, just roll on, shall we? And it, <laughs> it was. I, I I like the Conjuring series, and but this one, and I, I did pre-order it. I think on iTunes originally. Um, did I go? I didn't think it went to the cinema. I don't think I went to cinema to see it, but I did pre-order it, and I was quite surprised that I didn't find that much i liked about it um i normally find something in these films i like and that's enough to offset how crap it is sometimes as well um like conjuring 2 having a nun in you know mm. if the nun wasn't in it i wouldn't i don't think i'd like that film at all Mm. Um, but, it, but but I mean it's interesting because I mean I mean I mean I'm gonna sort of channel Lawrence he says he's not here but he um he uh, he's often said how much he hates the conjuring too because um he thinks that the real story um is far more interesting and, and it is more interesting um yeah. although it's, it's funny I, I mean I, I I mean I do agree with him from that point of view but I still think conjuring 2 is still a decent have, a decent have you seen film, you know? Enfield haunting I think no, Tim I haven't. I, I think I was. I think Timothy oh, Spool's in it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I haven't very seen good. it. Very um, good. Very good. But um, but it's interesting that 
even though I don't exactly share Lawrence's thoughts for Conjuring 2, I do share them for Conjuring 3 because I feel like, again, I, I reckon a decent film could have been made from the story. Like, you know, the story's interesting, you know, um, someone, you know, up for murder, about to get a death sentence saying his defense is that he was, you know, possessed by the by a demon. Um, I think that's an interesting story, um, but I feel like it could have been observed from a more interesting angle, um, you know, psychologically. And, um, you know, it could, it, it could have been an interesting uh, critique of the uh, American law system in a way um that demonic possession could be a, a, a valid defense in a, in a murder trial um but they didn't do that they just they took the murderer's side or the manslaughterer's side as i, sh I should probably say um uh because he we he got five years he, he was sentenced to 10 to 20 years but then he got he got um uh, released on good behavior um after five years which the um sort of end of the sort of end credits didn't didn't specify but in any case it was um but again yeah as i say it, it would have been more interesting if they tackled the story. but again the, these films aren't really interested in the nuance i guess um of it all they just they just go from the angle of yes of course ghosts exist of course god exists of course religion is valid and everything like that which kind of gets rid of any sort of um sort of psychological intrigue or um anything to do with sort of um <laughs> broader society i guess um i mean i'm not saying they should necessarily go into that but i would just say that the film that they've come out with is just not very interesting because they didn't tackle it from a very interesting point of view i think <laughs> come on say so, hey, what you got to say jess before we move on i just <sighs> The beginning is so like it just goes straight into it and i think the, the opening scene is great and as you said you and like it just drags out and then i just there was one bit that i thought was a bit um i was waiting to hear the budget because i was like that doesn't look like it has a budget at that when she nearly falls off the cliff <laughs> it looks awful i was like it does oh, yeah happened? like oh it looks so bad um so yeah that was interesting and then What's the other bit? Oh yeah, towards the end when he's going around with, like the sledgehammer and like, yeah. attacking um, Lorraine, and it's yeah. like you know that he's not going to actually kill her. Yeah, and you're just kind of like, can we just get on with it? That scene yeah. kind of just dragged out for so long. Mm. It was like inevitable that she would, you know, do the whole, you know me, I love yeah. you. And then, yeah, was well, classic. It's classic conjuring, like not killing anyone. I mean, I was actually surprised that they actually killed one person, but again, that's mm -hmm. only because it's according to the facts, and that was the that was the landlord uh, at the beginning. Um, yeah. I had to kill him because that was that was according to to the facts of the situation, <laughs> even though they clearly didn't didn't really care yeah. about the act. And then they added in the the two girls' story, yeah, which didn't happen in real life either. That was another thing which which weirded me out is that it was clear that to at least to me, this may not be the actual case but it's it it was it, it seemed obvious to me that those two were having a relationship um <laughs> but i feel like also because of the this is my own theory obviously but it, because of like the conservative angle that this 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 film series take is it's almost like they were saying oh no but we can't we can't show gayness of any or we can't <laughs> we can't like you know put on top of the other even though they were clearly in a relationship <laughs> and that was kind of disappointing <laughs> yeah but there's a um there's like a spin-off about them that dc made it's like a comic book Really? Yeah. 
or something. So yeah, DC made some sort of book that's like, I don't know if it was a prequel or sequel, I was reading about it earlier, about them. Wow. So, yeah. Maybe it's better than any, than any of the contracts. <laughs> right, should we rate it? Sure. I'm going to give it three. Yeah, not, not. It's a good 15 minute film. Right? The rest of it's horseshit. Yeah. So yeah. I'm happy to say that. And I always stick up for the Conjuring series, but yeah. <laughs> Not on this occasion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would actually agree. I think I'd give it three as well. It was. Um, I don't think it was as bad as the first Annabelle or um, uh, the Nun. I thought the Nun was 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 worse. Uh, <laughs> Larry's just chimed in. He's just commented uh, zero out of ten. He's 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 commented, which I oh he rhymed. Let it end. Nice. Let let it end. Let it end. And I, yes, I would agree. Although we've got the Nun Two coming up at some point. Yeah, um, can't wait. I can't think, think yeah, Nun we... Two's first, isn't it? So we got we got a bit more of these uh, of these films to go, um, which is unsurprising considering how much they make. And um, although I, you know, considering you said that it might have been less than. That the, that the third one made less than the first two. It might might see, see a signs of of winding down. I'm not sure. I mean, clearly James Wan doesn't really give a shit anymore, seeing as he doesn't didn't direct, didn't direct the third one. But um, he's probably off to directing Malignant. I would have thought. But um, yeah, this was awful. <laughs> yeah. Yes. How many? Uh, probably three. Three. Mm, just That's not good, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, never mind. <laughs> can I just say? I, I, can I, just, I know. I know. I've, I know. I've been speaking a lot, but I. I have to. I have to say this: horror filmmakers, please stop making your stop making your films boring. It, yeah. It's it's so frustrating, and I know it's hard to make movies. I know. I know that, and it's it's true. But it's just you can't. It's a sin. It's a sin to make a boring horror. Well, we film. we need more exciting films like The Lighthouse. That's what we need. <laughs> we, Which one are you referring to? Um, one of them that I like and one of them that I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we don't have Dan with us this week because he's watching some uh, death metal or something in Finland. Something like that. Okay. Um, there you go. Um, so let's move on. Dan's hot pick. Sixteen-year-old Alice Palmer, not Laura, drowns while swimming in the local dam. When her body is recovered and a verdict of accidental deaths returned, her grieving family buries her. So what now film I'm a bit, is this? Uh, Late Mungo. Late Mungo, right. We'll play a bit of this. Um, oh, I don't want YouTube like getting upset at me. Something bad is going to happen to me. Oh, that's buried. So this is like a mockumentary documentary thing. Very, very Blair Witchy already. Yeah. It's Australian. Ten days after Ellie's funeral, stuff started happening around the house. 
sounds seem to come from Ali's old room. They didn't really relent, so I thought, well, I'll just set up a camera to, you know, see anything. I looked back and there was footage of a figure moving across the hallway. Shit. The image was quite unsettling. Because... Need to get better locks. <laughs> <laughs> This film, um, so this girl's grounds, and then we don't make into because there's there's twists, there's twists, so it's really oh, hard. We love a twist. Yeah, it's, it's about an hour and a half long, and I watched it this afternoon because I tried watching it the other night and had no idea what's going on. Um, it's quite slow. It doesn't really kick in until about forty-five minutes hour in. Um, I think Larry picked this. Not Dan, because I don't know if Dan would have picked this at all. Um, has a bit of a twist at the end, so I'm not, not going to give out too much more. It is, it's good. I think it on Rotten Tomatoes is like 98 percent or something. So it's 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 up there. Um, not really my cup of tea, to be honest. Not a lot happens, and it's confusing because I think people it's all down to interpretation as well. Um. So you have no idea what's going on. Well, yeah, basically. I was hoping Larry, to be honest, say, well, this is actually what happened, Kev. Oh, and the light bulb, you know? But, like, you know, I, I watched another 12-minute YouTube thing trying to explain to me what was going on. I still didn't really know what was going on. So, um, so yeah, Lake Mungo, I think, 2000s? I don't know. Um, 2008. It cost 1.7 million and made 29,000 at the box office. Uh, is Larry going to explain? Hang on. No. I like the payoff, not down to interpretation, just complex. That's bollocks, Larry. So, uh, <laughs> fucking complex. He's winding me up, isn't he? I, well, it's too I complex know. for Kev. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is what he's saying. I suppose there's, there is a difference, I guess, between interpretation. I mean, because I mean, I'm only going by La La Larry's standards here in that, because um, I think, because I think, like Tenet, for example, Tenet isn't really up for interpretation, but it is a massively complicated movie that you have to see at least five times. Obviously, he watched it the first time and got everything that was going on at once. So, um, but you know, he might be right. I haven't seen the film, so I, I can't judge. Well, next week's hot pick is going to be Piggy. Oh yeah, that? that that came out recently, didn't it? Piggy? Yeah, so it's, it's going to be Piggy. So I think it is quite new. I've seen it somewhere. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'll be, I'll yeah, be I might watch that too because I think that came out. I think it came out in January, you know. Yeah, I've seen. So let's move on to what we watched this week. What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? I'll kick straight in. Sergeant Nicholas Angel. Expert in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Armed response. And high-speed pursuit. He was so good, they reassigned him. Right. You've been making us all look bad. There's one thing you haven't taken into account, and that's what the... 
team is gonna make of this. Right. <laughs> Hot fuzz. Um, I just needed cheering up the other night. I think mm. just sat there. Think, well, what should I put on? Hot fuzz. It just—it's funny. It's quite clever. It's got twists in. Um, yeah, it's just a great film. Um, so, what can I say? Uh, if I was to rate it, I'd be giving it eight or nine mm. as a comedy. It's just, yeah, it's like a. Uh, like a murder mystery yeah in, in Stanford Gloucestershire yeah um, it's it it great I mean it was it was one of the films that I remember really being excited for because I was obsessed with um, Shaun of the Dead must have been about yep. 10 or 11 and just like when the trailer for Hot Fuzz came out it was just so <laughs> excited and I remember, seeing, I remember watching it when it came out on DVD because I wasn't old enough to see it at the cinema. <laughs> um, and just remember it just being like just incredible. It's a great film. Have you seen Jess? Yes, of course I have. Yeah. Good. That surprises me a little bit. Edgar <laughs> <laughs> Wright is my favourite director. Obviously, I've seen it. So, what did I watch after that? Awesome. ever think that modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? Is your love life dying on its feet? To a wonderful mum. Oh, have you ever felt that you're turning into the end of the world? A zombie. So, I'll watch that one next and I think I've seen it over ten times. Sean and Dead. Never gets boring, never gets old. Um, it's aged really well. Well, it's about 20 years old, isn't it? Yeah, 2004 it came out, I think. Um, it's, it's spot was it 20 on. years ago. Don't say that. I think 19 years ago. <laughs> 19 years ago. Yeah, I know. I know. I remember when it came out, and then just uh, again, one of those things where I just saw the trailers, like the sort of you know, the sort of U rated trailers that were playing, playing on during the day of it. And I just, I was just really want to see it. I was gutted that I was, you know, 10 years old. Um, but I, I ended up almost bankrupting my parents because um, they had Sky Box Office, and I kept on. I kept on renting Shaun of the Dead and just watching it over and over again. <laughs> it's just such a good film. I, I, I think one, one of my, definitely in the top 10, I think of, of best British films, certainly. Yeah. Um, definitely zombie films, I, I, I think as well. And I, and I think that's rare for a film that's so funny to be also, also quite scary. I mean, I, I was freaked out at that age when, um, what's his face, gets like, um, pulled through the through the window and then you know his intestines get eaten up that that was i i, I that was that was freaky when i was a kid because i hadn't seen like the old born of the dead or anything so um but no it's a great film so absolute classic recommend it to anyone i expect anyone listening to this or watching this would have seen that it's just it's just great jest you agree yeah probably my second favorite film ever i should probably watch it again as well because i well, I'm turning 28 this year, but I'm turning 29 next year, and it's all about Sean. That is all about the sort of um, sort of quarter life crisis, sort of like um, the the existentialism of being in your on your late 20s. So I think mm -hmm. I I should watch it again. Yeah, it's brilliant. That was it, really. I didn't really watch any other horrors. Um, I'm halfway through 
Oh god, the grudge. I think at the moment. So I'll talk Wait, about which that one? next week. What the new the the, the remake the or the yeah the remake? Oh. I've got the 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 steel one. The you know. So I thought I'd give it a go in 4K. It was cheap anyway, so mm. not losing a lot. So Jess, what have you been watching? Um, I didn't think I had watched anything, and I remembered actually just before we moved, um, I binge watched in like two days the new like part one of You, season four. Yeah, that was um, predictable. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. If it goes the way I think it's going to go, then I'll I'll be kind of disappointed. But. I think the second part's coming out next week, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you uh, watched it, didn't you? I didn't get the trailer. <laughs> yeah, a few things. I mean, there was um, the seventh episode of The Last of Us that came out um, on Monday. Um, I think it's one of, certainly one of my favourite episodes so far. I mean, mainly because it was um, it's the one that's based on the, uh, the game's DLC, so uh, Left Behind, where it follows... Um, uh, Ellie and Riley. Um, oh, Lawrence has just said, recently bought Last of Us Part 1 and two vinyls and 4K special edition bo- box set of Donnie Darko. Very happy, except my bank wants to fuck off Baz. <laughs> Isn't that your favourite film, Jess, Donnie Darko? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's number one. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Last of Us, uh, yeah, as I say, one of my favourite episodes, mainly because I, I, I do like, a, a lot of people have been complaining about the sort of I suppose what you know what you might call filler, but I but I tend to like relish those episodes because they're just so they're so filled with character and just it's it just feels like a proper lovely story. Of course, well, it's not it's not lovely at the end, but it's a really it's a really nice examination of Ellie um, and j- just showing how her character kind of develops, whilst also exploring a bit more of the world which the game didn't. I think they're doing quite well with that in the in the series compared to the game. They're actually saying, you know, what happened and where actually was Ellie and when what circumstance and and stuff like that. Built into sort of looking into Fedra a bit more, and also like that they're sort of building up um, the second one. I mean, they already did that with the last episode when they went to the um, uh, sort of the isolated community, which is actually in in part two they get the game of part two um but they've put it in here which i think is actually wise because they built it up quite, quite nicely but it was a it was a uh okay uh <laughs> okay um so jason brandt has just said the flashback episodes don't progress the story or driving me nuts with last verse killer show otherwise i i really disagree um don't you disagree with jason I, I I will. <laughs> <laughs> I can and I will. Oh, I, I love his podcast and his uh, YouTube channel. It's brilliant. Because, oh, I mean, because wow. th- this is the thing is that I think, especially with, you know, <laughs> about 50 seasons of The Walking Dead, is that there's no, there's no sort of, almost no innovation in the zombie genre, at least on TV, um, after The Walking Dead pretty much did everything you can possibly do in that kind of genre and went on even further. I mean, I stopped watching after about season seven and they went to a, the 11th season and the, apparently the season finale was just a trailer for all the fucking spin-offs they've got. Um, and that's what you get when you've got... Um, uh, when you've got 
characters that aren't looked at in much depth when it's only about the plot and it's only about the story. Now, Walking Dead, Walking Dead did have a lot of great... I mean, they had flashback episodes for sure, and but they also had a lot of great character episodes in Walking Dead. Um, although that was like a few a few among the many, if you know what I mean. When you're, walking, when you're watching The Walking Dead, it was almost a toss-up between... Uh, it's either going to be a really good episode that you know changes television or whatever, or it's going to be the shittest hour of television that you'll ever watch. And that was the interesting thing with Walking Dead. With Last of Us, I think every episode has been has been pretty good. It's been it's been sort of up and down occasionally, but I think I think this episode, I really like that we get stuck into Ellie, and I and mm. it might it might be because I I know what happens and I've played the game several times, um, and uh, and it was it was funny like. That there was there was obviously backlash to the latest episode um, from the from the usual places. They said it was uh, it was woke filler, um, and um, a bit because it's, it's just simply simply stars you know a, a, a couple who are queer or, or, or at least you know in in that vein. Um, Lawrence has just said um, I also disagree respectfully as it's not nearly filler. It's the development of each character situation that expands the story and makes you care for each individual character's personal stories. I totally agree with that. Um, but in any case, even if that wasn't the case, even if that, even if it didn't further the plot, I, I, I don't understand why people are so sort of resistant to stories of characters. I think it's it's a good way to know them more and to like them more and to be invested in the story more. Um, so regardless of what it does to the plot, I think I think it was a good episode. Um, so yeah, watch that. I thought it was a beautiful episode. I thought it's one of the best. Um, I also watched. Um, seven's out now yeah but... episode seven um we've got two more to go um <laughs> okay here we go jason brant's uh, got gone in again he said it's not the character possession that uh, pr- progression that i don't like it's the flashback nature of it lazy writing progress the characters as the story unravels uh, yeah but i but i also think left behind the dlc is a is a pretty um well-respected part so so i th- <laughs> i i feel and also i feel like ellie wouldn't as a character wouldn't necessarily volunteer that information because Ellie is Ellie. She's, she's a defensive teenager and she doesn't necessarily go in for like, you know, um, opening up with her emotions. So I think it makes sense that it is a, it is a flashback. And I don't, I, don't, I honestly don't think flashbacks are a, are a tired um, way of, t- often they are, they can be, but I think in this case it was quite, um, it was quite relevant. Although I did see a funny meme of, um, of uh, this, uh, of this thing about about the episode, saying sort of Ellie having a flashback, and then Joel is like, uh, uh, like that in, in the next slide, which is quite funny. But I think I think I think it works. I think it works. Um, uh, also, I've been watching uh, Daisy Jones of the Six, which I mentioned earlier. Oh, there we go. Lawrence just said, "Left Behind was a great add-on. You couldn't tell that other than a flashback. Also, in the original game, she." Only explains that towards the end. I'd rather see than listen to exposition. It's left behind the early one. Yeah, the DLC. The yeah. With the DLC, girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and I, I again I I, I, agree. I turned it off. Yeah. Um and I think uh I, I'm I'm liking this sort of little uh sort of um secondary discussion that's happening behind that behind between I, do, and I, I think with this it's the people who have played the games are much more appreciative of all this extra stuff that we're seeing because we know the full story we know what happens so all of this extra stuff like what's going on in the world and other characters backstories is is a lot more interesting to us um so maybe that's why 
Yeah. People don't get it so much. I, I just don't. I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree more. with that. They did, they did need to be more. Yeah, um, I, I, otherwise I, I just, you might as well just watch play the game again. Exactly. I, I, but I don't get why people are so resistant to it. It's just, it's a different way of telling the story. And I and I, I appreciate that. And I think that's why it's a good adaptation because it captures the atmosphere of the game and, um, and the same basic story, but it, it has differences along the way. I also saw a thing the other day about how it didn't, uh, one critic didn't like the fact that, um, people kept on getting killed off and um sort of uh, and the, you know we were introduced to characters um we were like given a detailed backstory and then they were just killed off um i mean firstly game of thrones did that a lot firstly yeah. just but also if I, I feel like they still do that in a way with every road movie that's ever been made i mean this is a road movie right and so, and you and the whole point of road movies is that you go to a specific, you go to a place you spend some time in it, you meet some people, and then you move on. That's the sort of nature of a road movie. And I feel like the people who are making these kinds of criticisms have never seen a road movie before. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still think this is a solid um, a solid series. And I think... Uh, I, so I, 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 yeah. The second series is based on the second game, I presume. Yeah. Which yeah, I've yet to finish. Quite. So... It, and there is a Last of Us three coming out. Well, well, it's not been confirmed yet. I don't think. I mean, Neil Druckmann has said that you know, if an, if a good enough idea comes along, then we'll do a third one. I'm not sure if they if if they did a third one, I'm not sure if they should do a story around Ellie or Joel. Um, I won't give any spoilers, but to me, it seemed wrapped up by part two. Okay. Um, to me, anyway. Uh, although a lot of people thought that about part one, although I, I disagree, I, I thought it always needed a sequel. Um, but I, um, but yeah, I, I think it could be set in the same set in the same world. But how many episodes are there of this season? There's nine. So um, with that eighth or ninth episode, we're going to get that hospital. Yeah, the hospital scene. I really hope they do do it justice. Um, yeah, because it's a great else. it's a great scene in the game. Um, and it's another thing too that I've said in the past, and it's kind of been disproven now. Where I, I've said in the past that because the game was such an experiential thing, you had to experience the characters and everything like that. Um, uh, I, I, I with with that last bit in the first game, it's very much because you're in control of Joel. You have those sort of moral dilemmas in your head about what to do and everything like that. I, I wonder if they'll be able to replicate that in the in the series. Um, Lawrence has just chimed in saying second game is apparently going to be split into more seasons. As I said, the story wouldn't be able to be able to told, be, be told in one season. Yeah, and I, and I think that's fair enough. It's a big game. It's about what twenty five hours, 20, 20, 25 hours. Um, it's you know more than twice as long as the first game. Um, and I you know but I, I would understand that logic. Um, Will we get a Dying Light game? Oh, wow. Is there really story to die? I haven't played Dying Light. The first any... one. The yeah. first one. The second one's a bit all over the place. Um, and it's, it's it's fun to play. Mm. But the story's terrible. Mm. The, the acting's terrible. Mm. But the first one's it, amazing. Um, yeah. Both parts. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things with video games is that you either... Yeah. For, for me, I always go for the story. But a lot of people prefer the gameplay. Um, and I think that's always the split, isn't it, between like story and gameplay? Oh, obviously, both of them can can come come together, but it's uh, yeah, but it's interesting. Um, so moving on, 
I I watched Daisy Jones and the Six, which came to Prime Video on Friday, or at least the first three episodes came to Prime Video. Um, it was funny, a lot of critics really didn't like Daisy Jones. It's basically about a, a, 70s, a fictional 70s rock band um, who are interviewed in the present day um, and asked about why they broke up. And then it goes into sort of goes back in time to you know the formation of the band and it's, it's sort of loosely based on Fleetwood Mac or, or loosely modeled on, on Fleetwood Mac um, but I think it's a sort of amalgamation of loads of other um, rock bands stars um, Riley Keough and uh, Sam Claflin as a kind of they're sort of put into the band together as as leading front people but they um really don't like each other at first and it's a kind of um like becoming friends out of sort of being enemies and stuff like that i, I thought it was a very good very good series um i enjoyed all that i i really enjoy sort of seeing creativity on on tv or in storytelling like told in that way and sort of when they're creating like music or, or what jack black says like you know creating musical fusion um it's kind of i, I kind of like seeing that and that's quite entertaining it is too long it's about 10 episodes um, and there's one really weird episode where she, uh, Daisy Jones suddenly goes to Greece for some stupid reason. Um, but otherwise, it's really good. also great soundtrack. Um, so you've got all the classic 70s hits there. You've got like Rolling Stones and television and even Fleetwood Mac make, make a sort of um, an audio appearance. Um, but they've also they've also brought out like uh, an actual album of, of the fictional band. Um, which is on Spotify now, and there are actually there's some good tunes on it. Um, they consulted actual musicians, so I think like Phoebe Bridges was one of one of the contributors on, on the album, and you can sort of download this. Like, but it's a proper full album with like I think I had ten or eleven tracks on there, um, and they're good, they're decent songs. Um, so I recommend that it's on some Prime Video. Um, I also watched uh, Scream Five, um, oh, wow. mainly because I'm seeing Six next week. Okay. Um, uh, I was invited to a screening for it on Tuesday, I think, so I'll go and see that. So I thought, oh, I might as well update myself. I haven't seen Scream 5. Um, I thought it was all right. Yeah. I thought I, th I thought it was I fine. Yeah. Um, it was funny seeing... Two yeah. Three, anyway. yeah. Like, I mean, three, I, three was terrible. Right? Yeah, 3 was bad. Um, 4 was, was pretty pretty fun. Um, 3, I, I, I really like seeing... Because um, I think this is like... I mean, this is pre-Wednesday General Ortega. Um and it was, it's funny watching her in this film because she is so clearly better than any of the other actors. I mean, I, I'm, I'm including Courtney Cox and Neve Campbell in this and David Arquette, sort of. David Arquette, David Arquette is, is great for comic relief, but General Ortega, she's not in it nearly enough. And yet she's like so much better than she gives a better performance than any of the ones around her it's a bit like um like a few years ago um like when zendaya wasn't that well known as an actress you saw her in odd things like um like spider-man or um or, or the greatest showman and you can see that she was the best actor in in that film but and it's weirdly incongruous because it's like she's giving an amazing performance and everyone else is a bit average that's a bit how i felt with general ortega in screen five not that screen five was bad i thought it was fun i i, I liked how they sort of like um took the piss out of like so-called elevated horror um even though i love elevated horror I, I i still i still love that you know that it can be taken the piss, piss out of so at the opening scene when it was pretty much you know like the drew barrymore scene in the first one uh where general taker is being called up by the the serial killer the serial killer asks her a series of questions 
about the stab movies, which is like you know the, the sort of the the screen movies, but within the screen, the screen within the screen movies. Um, and General Taker's like, I don't know. I, I only know about Elevator Horror. Ask me about It Follows or Hereditary or The Witch. You know, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great scene. Um, I, I kind of wish they they'd leaned into that more. They sort of went into sort of that they took the piss out of more mainstream uh, horror. So they took the piss out of the fact that characters kept on returning for requels. Um, so they was clearly taking the piss out of like the Halloween movies with like returning characters coming to free. And I think actually they were also taking the piss out of Star Wars um, to a certain degree, because I think a lot of plot points are very similar to like Force Awakens and stuff like that. Um, and I, I think that was funny. I, I, and I, th I think that's where these movies are quite valuable because they're Hollywood movies taking the piss out of Hollywood or, or how Hollywood structures things. And I think that's that's quite a valuable asset in this kind of um, the culture we have at the moment. Um, so I thought that was good. And lastly, uh, I watched The Mandalorian. Um, the first episode of season three came out on Wednesday. Um, I thought it was rubbish. Um, <laughs> I... I thought it was really, really boring, which is disappointing because I, I, I did like the first two seasons. Um, I thought they were all right. Um, the fir first season was quite good. I enjoyed the second season. But this one, it was weird because it reminded me of um, of playing... <laughs> this is weirdly specific, but it reminded me of playing Assassin's Creed 3 when I hadn't played the uh, spin-offs of the second game. And... For those who don't know, the spin-offs of the second game added to the story of the of the second game, which I didn't realize. I thought they were just like cash grab add-ons, but it turns out they built up an entire plot in which so much shit happened in those spin-off games that when I was playing Assassin's Creed 3, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Similar case with Mandalorian Season 3 in that there was an episode in um, Book of Boba Fett which featured the Mandalorian and it continued the story and it actually wrapped up where he actually got Grogu back. Cause at the end of season two, uh, Grogu went off with Luke Skywalker and apparently in book of Boba Fett, which I didn't watch cause it was shit. Um, and, but apparently there was an episode in which they got, he got Grogu back and that, that pretty much like started this season. Um, uh, Larry's just um, come in saying always good when self-referential for screen franchise. I like Mando episode, but I did feel this episode tried to set up way too much one in one. I do agree. Um, it, it also really annoyed me because there just so much shit happened. Um, not in not plot wise, but in terms of action, it just felt like it was like, oh, big monster comes out of the lake. Oh, space pirates, put them in there. And it just felt like it felt like a sort of kiddie episode to me. It didn't feel like there was anything plot wise it just felt like nothing really happened um there's no there's no character development in place of the plot either really it was just and, and i also feel like mandalorian part of his appeal um to me at least was that he was a kind of spaghetti western clint eastwood type very silent um and very kind of um interesting in the ambiguity whereas now because we know more about him we even know his name and he talks more and he's become a more more a sort of denser father figure to Grogu, he's not really the same character. And that's fine. Character development is good, but not when it's less interesting than when you got before. Um, so I, I really didn't like this opening episode, and I, and I don't think I'll be watching oh. any more, to be honest. But, I didn't um, even know that the new season was coming out now. Like, usually no. I see it all popping up on social media, and I've seen nothing. Yeah. 
it was just the first episode that came out um on wednesday uh, i think mm-hmm. they're just doing it week by week it's also 37 episodes and uh, not those episodes, so 37 minutes this this first episode was um and i was bored by it and i was that's weird 37 episodes isn't a long time and i was i was quite bored by it and that was funny because i i watched it before watching the conjuring so i had a really boring night i think <laughs> but yeah that's about it that's how, what i watched well i've got a trailer pick for you shall we go there, there? We go. Sure. Oh, you bastards why are you torturing me like this why so i saw one pop up with russell crowe in Oh yeah, this is the the Pope exorcism thing, isn't it? Yes. You do. You only do because God allows it. <laughs> Did he allow that? Oh, he got the hat in the suitcase. Father Gabriel, the On the night of June fourth, you performed an exorcism. That was not an exorcism. <laughs> Russell Crowe with an accent is great. <laughs> so, that to me looks a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks all right. So I mean... Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. What was the last thing I saw him in? Oh, God. Again. Was it from, with Leonardo DiCaprio, I think. I mean, probably one of the most overrated uh, Hollywood actors, I think, in in the business. Um, I quite liked it. I liked him in is it Gladiator? He was in. Yeah, but again, Um, I I, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, Gladiator, Robin Hood, (laughs) Um, Les Misérables. He was in that rubbish singer. Um, (laughs) What else he been in? Yeah, you're right. I I can't. I can't quite remember what else he's in. There was one I saw with Leonardo DiCaprio. He did. Police or something, and that, that was that was pretty good. But does DiCaprio make crap films? Not really, is he? So not really, no. Um, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. that so that was called the uh, what's it called? I don't know what it was. The, Pope's the Pope's Exorcist. Exorcist, which I think is out next month. Hmm. I think so. That looks great. There was a few others I saw, but I'm going to get some really terrible ones on there next week. <laughs> um, yeah. So well, that was it. So ah. Uh, next episode what we're going to do it on um uh, yeah I, I actually wonder i mean uh, if if we because um uh brandon cronenberg's new film um uh, infinity pool is coming out in a few weeks so i, I wonder mm. if we should do um possessor which is quite a good quite a good movie do possessor i've not seen it so it's a good it's a good movie i mean it's, it's um david cronenberg's son yeah um brandon uh who did it? And it's it's a good, it's a decent movie. Possessor, what's that on? What can I find that on? I don't know actually. I don't know where you can find. I mean, you can, you can find it on anything, I suppose. I, I don't know. Buying it. Buying And what's what's Larry saying? So, its story doesn't really have a good hook. Like he needs to bath in the water under the ruins of the old world. But when he had a goal of his mission to save Grogo, it felt like an end game. Yep. Similar mm-hmm. to Marvel, they had an end game. It's complete. Now it's it's like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, I watched the first two series, and I don't have Disney's at the moment, so I don't know. It might be a while before, unless I only got Disney last time because Barbarian was on it, mm-hmm. um, which is a great film. I, I should watch it. I, apparently, it's really good. Um, we should do that. 
Um, but yeah, possess, possess her next time, and then maybe child's play or or something. Let's mm. go. Okay. So we're back in a fortnight. I would have thought. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's the Bones Horror Pod. Instagram's the same. If you want to email us, it's the Bones Horror Pod at gmail.com. Many thanks for watching and listening, and we'll uh, see you all next week or the week after. Ta-ra. Bye. 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 Wow.